Hello, and welcome to the All Things Mystery Podcast. I am your host, Sarah Morgan, and today is Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. Okay, let's get to work. So today we're going to talk about a wrongful conviction case out of the Detroit, Michigan area. It was announced yesterday that Mr. Jawan Deering, after spending 15 years in prison on a charge of arson and felony murder regarding a case from 2000, has been released with all charges dropped, largely due to a relatively new prosecutor, Ms. Karen McDonald, who was elected in 2020 in Oakland County, as well as the judge who agreed to her wishes. Before we get into the details of the case and what is late breaking news, I wanted to provide some information about the statistics related to wrongful convictions. Between 2% and 10% of convicted individuals in US prisons are innocent, according to the LA Times. Also, according to the 2019 annual report by the National Registry of Exonerations, wrongful convictions statistics show that the percentage of wrongful convictions is somewhere between 2 and 10%, which begs the question how many are actually wrongly convicted. Keeping in mind that there are over 2.3 million incarcerated individuals in the U.S., the number of innocent people behind bars is anywhere from 46 to 230,000. Over 2,400 people have been exonerated in the United States since 1989. And this is according to Springerlink, the Innocence Project, Michigan law. When it comes to the number of wrongful convictions, the U.S. is the undisputed leader. Wrongful convictions stats for 2018 show that there were 151 exonerations that year, but another 143 individuals were exonerated in 2019. The 143 people exonerated in 2019 spent a record 1,908 years in prison. Over half of those folks were convicted of homicide, and wrongful conviction stats for that year report that among the three exonerated prisoners who were on death row, two had lost over 40 years, while the third one lost 26 years. Pretty grave statistics. So again, back to today's case. We are talking about Mr. Juwan Deering, who is now 50 years old. Again, it was reported yesterday that he has been released and was able to leave the courthouse into the arms of his family. Feels great. I'm ecstatic and I'm really, really, really happy. I couldn't be no happier. This sun couldn't shine, shine not a brighter day for all those in the same positions. Keep fighting. Remember that. God is the ultimate decision maker. I will tell you a little bit more in detail about what the original charges and case was like, but largely due to the judge granting Ms. McDonald's request to close Mr. Deering's case a week after his conviction and life sentence were thrown out, he is a free man. Mr. Deering praised Ms. McDonald. He also has a great attitude, surprisingly, after spending 15 years in prison. Ms. McDonald said that there was only one ethical and constitutional remedy for Mr. Deering as she dropped the case. Mr. Deering has insisted that he was innocent since uh, 2000 when there was a fire in the Royal Oak Township neighborhood that he lived in killing five children. At the time, no one could identify him as being at the home, but authorities at the time said that he did set the fire as a revenge for a drug debt that was owed him by the children's father. The prosecutor currently said that a dozen law enforcement professionals last week unanimously determined there was insufficient evidence to tie Mr. Deering to the fire. 
and that the investigation between 2000 and 2006 was, quote, totally compromised by misconduct, end quote. Now, going back to the facts of the original case, I want to tell you a little bit about what happened back then. So according to reports from the time, on the evening of April 6, 2000, six-year-old Eugene Dean was celebrating his birthday when someone splashed the Dean's family porch with charcoal lighter fluid and set their home on fire. Eugene's mother, whose name is Marie Dean, was able to escape with four of her children, but trapped inside the house were Eugene, his 10-year-old sister, Talea, brothers Craig, eight, and Aaron, six, and their 11-year-old cousin, Michelle Frame. Sadly, all of those children died in the fire from burn injuries and smoke inhalation. Deering, who had a rap sheet at the time for misdemeanor offenses, such as narcotics possession and driving without a license, was arrested and charged with five counts of felony murder and one count of arson. Prosecutor's theory at the time was that Mr. Deering set fire to the home to get back at Marie Dean's estranged husband, called Big Mike Dean, who allegedly owed the defendant $200 for a crack cocaine drug debt. However, it was learned that the father was in a treatment facility at the time for crack cocaine addiction when the incident occurred, and sadly died from a drug-related heart attack about a month after the death of his children. At the time, prosecutors relied on statements that Mr. Deering allegedly made to several jailhouse informants, tying him to the crime. On August 1st, 2006, after a six-man, six-woman jury deliberated for just under five hours, Mr. Deering was convicted of first-degree felony murder and arson in the deaths of the five kids. Interestingly, at the time, the jury panelists indicated they were stuck on the defendant's level of culpability when they sent a note to the court asking for clarification on the difference between felony and second-degree murder. The former requires elements of intent and premeditation, which are not necessary in second-degree murder. In the closing argument at the time, Oakland County Prosecuting Attorney Greg Townsend said he did not believe that Deering intended to kill the children, but he was still guilty of first-degree felony murder because he should have been aware that setting the house on fire would likely cause great death or bodily harm. The defense attorney for Mr. Deering at the time said that while his client may have had a beef with the children's dad, Big Mike Dean, he had absolutely nothing to do with the fire and he pointed out that there was a lack of forensic evidence or even eyewitness testimony to support the prosecution's claim. From the trial start, the prosecutor, Mr. Townsend, conceded to the jury that the case against the defendant was purely circumstantial. Three jailhouse informants, including two who authorities placed in the same cell with Deering to elicit information, testified that he admitted to setting the fire, but he did not mean for the kids to die. Townsend at the time expressed relief over the jury's verdict and said he was confident in his case. Mr. Deering's focus now is on reestablishing himself in society, but first, of course, he wanted to get something to eat and spend some time with his family. Ms. McDonald and the University of Michigan Innocence Clinic filed a motion earlier this month seeking to have Deering's life sentence vacated after an independent probe of the case found possible ethical violations by an assistant prosecutor involved in his prosecution, as well as some new evidence. The Michigan Innocence Clinic attorney, Imran Syed, 
has said that Deering's case was largely based on the testimony of those jailhouse snitches who said that Deering implicated himself in the fire. However, neither Deering's trial attorney or the jury knew that in exchange for their cooperation, those witnesses received preferential treatment, including sometimes a lesser sentence, or in one case, the charges were actually dismissed against one of the informants implicating Deering. Mr. Syed's appeal team established that the lone survivor of the fire, Tim Dean, who was a 13-year-old boy at the time, told a sheriff's detective in an interview, never introduced during the original trial, that Dean had recognized Mr. Deering from a photo lineup because he knew him, he was his neighbor, but he maintained that Deering was not the person he had heard outside the home who possibly could have set the fire. The Oakland County Prosecutor's Office noted that three times in the prior case, warrants were denied back in 2000 because Deering was, um, before Deering was charged, sorry. There's good reason for that, she said, it shouldn't have been charged. David Gorsica, who was the county prosecutor at the time, said he was not aware that prior warrants had been denied until Ms. McDonald brought it up several weeks ago. As a prosecutor, he said he would not have been notified of rejected cases, but there could be various reasons, including insufficient evidence. After sharing her findings with the former prosecutor, he also agreed that Mr. Deering did not get a fair trial. He did not argue against Ms. McDonald's decision not to retry Mr. Deering. He would not speculate, however, on whether misconduct occurred by anyone in his office, but agreed that the evidence, especially the statement from the child, should have been shared with the defense attorney. Jawan Deering did not testify in his own defense at trial, but he has constantly and consistently professed that he had nothing to do with the fire. Although he was a known drug dealer who lived in the neighborhood, he did not participate in an arson as retaliation against the children's father. Again, Deering was sentenced to life in prison in 2006 for the April 2000 fire. Law students earlier had been trying to get a new trial for Mr. Deering, arguing that the fire analysis was based on junk science. Those requests, however, were unsuccessful before in Michigan's appellate court. Ms. McDonald said it's possible the fire was not even an arson, as Deering's legal team has long maintained, and said that the state police are investigating this again. Under Michigan state law, Mr. Deering could be eligible for more than $700,000 from the state, which pays $50,000 for every year spent in prison if new evidence is cited in a wrongful conviction. Ms. McDonald said yesterday that a Michigan state police probe will continue into possible prosecutorial misconduct in Deering's case, which may lead to criminal charges against attorneys and also trial witnesses if it's determined anyone perjured themselves on the witness stand. Oakland County Undersheriff Michael McCabe has said his department is also doing an independent investigation into allegations of professional misconduct, but will await the state police findings as well. On Thursday, the Sheriff's Office had no comment on McDonald's decision and confirmed that its probe is ongoing. While jailhouse informants or snitches are not uncommon in these criminal cases, prosecutors and investigators are expected to disclose what, if anything, was offered to informants in exchange for their cooperation. According to reports, based on the findings of Special Prosecutor Beth Morrow, who conducted the probe, court records and evidence indicate that the prosecutors concealed that cooperation. Ms. McDonald has noted that there are concerns over established protocols not being followed in the prosecutor's office, ineffective counsel for Deering, and the failure by police to share key evidence, 
including that videotaped interview with the survivor of the fire, which was conducted by then Oakland County Sheriff's Detective David Wirtz. According to reports, at the trial, Wirtz, now a part-time case analyst for the Sheriff's Office, denied informants were promised leniency, favors, or early release in exchange for their testimony. And Gregory Townsend, the assistant prosecutor who tried the case, reiterated the same thing to the jury in his closing argument. Townsend and Wirtz have not commented on the investigative findings. Townsend once headed the major crimes for the Oakland County Prosecutor's Office and later moved on to the State Attorney General's Office under Attorney General Dana Nessel. He was one of the lead attorneys in the prosecution of state charges recently in the alleged kidnapping plot against our Governor Gretchen Whitmer. After questions were raised about Deering's prosecution, Townsend was reassigned to other duties and then ended up retiring in July. Ms. McDonald has since initiated a conviction integrity unit in her office to work with groups like the Innocence Clinic on any appealed convictions. Critical fact here is that none of this would have been discovered without uh, turning over private confidential notes that the prosecutor's office made in our internal memos. That Mr. Deering's release yesterday was the group called the National Organization of Exonerees run by Marvin Cotton Jr., who was himself exonerated in 2020 after serving 19 years in prison. The group helps find help or resources for those who've been recently exonerated, including getting housing, jobs, and IDs, etc., as needed. Another couple of organizations to mention are the University of Michigan. As mentioned before, they have the Innocence Clinic. Unlike many other Innocence Clinics, which specialize typically in DNA exonerations, the Michigan Innocence Clinic focuses on cases where there is no DNA to be tested. Under the supervision of co-directors David Moran and Imran Saeed and clinical fellow Megan Richardson, students work on all aspects of the cases, including new evidence, researching and writing briefs, arguing court motions, and conducting evidentiary hearings. The clinic's work spans all levels of state and federal courts. It was founded in 2009, and the clinic since then has successfully won the release of 26 people who've been wrongfully convicted and served anywhere from a few months to 46 years in prison. Another organization that is helpful to those who've been recently exonerated is called Proving Innocence. You can find them at provinginnocence.org if you would like to donate or get involved. Also, there is an organization called After Innocence that helps those who've been recently exonerated. You can find them at after-innocence.org, again, to get more information or to get involved. Mr. Deering is grateful to Ms. McDonald for the end result for his case. As she said, the investigation continues into the evidence related to the fire, which may ultimately lead to others being charged in this case, including those involved in the original prosecution of Mr. Deering. We would like to congratulate Mr. Deering and his family on his release from prison, and we wish him the best. Thank you so much for listening today, and please comment, get involved, join us on Instagram or Facebook at allthingsmystery.com as well. We look forward to hearing from you.